Choose life, choose a sport, choose a drop zone, choose a start time, choose a fucking big jump plane, choose turbine engines, speed, unlimited altitude, and endless horizons. Choose height, no low turns, and travel insurance. Choose jump tickets, choose tiny action cameras, choose your mates, choose a rig and matching helmet, choose swoop shorts and a range of fucking fabrics, choose 120 vertical speed and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch, watching debriefs, spirit-saving slow-mos, smashing beers after last load. Choose standing on the podium at the end of it all. Choose a wing you'll love every time. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you fly NZ Aerosports? Coming straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go! Back in the can, actually in the can, for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. And uh, you've been here before, but who the fuck are you and what do you do? Hey, hey buddy. My name's Andy Ford. I'm a UK skydiver. And uh, yeah, back with you here. 40. Dude, a lot of fucking shit has happened since the last time we talked and very little of it was skydiving. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, it's been some crazy times, right? Um, fuck, man. I, I can't quite remember when we did sit down and talk, but uh, it seems like... Well, 2020 just uh, evaporated, right? It did just evaporate, man. I mean, the whole goddamn thing kind of went up in flames. So, um, did you get much done in 2020? Mate, 2020 was a fucking great year for me. <laughs> and now, that that aside, I feel bad because a lot of people have had the worst year, 2020. Sure. Um, but from 2019, New Year's Eve, um, we did that big jump with the fireworks and over the bush. Yeah, that was yeah, probably yeah. the best kind of I've ever done. I got engaged to my missus uh, after a tandem on the on the last jump of uh, the year at the club. That was good uh, at the centre. And as soon as we canned it uh, in March, I got back to the UK and spent four months just integrating with my new family, really, which was uh, not what I expected to do. Right. Know, at my age, um, <laughs> having not had children, uh, to sp- spend four months... Lockdown, education, you know, it was a baptism of fire. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you kind of went uh, into insta-dad mode. Yeah, full power. But you know what? Amazing. Amazing kids. Um, and it was another challenge. It's just a challenge, bro, you know, and, the, and, and we went at it full power. Well, the, do you think uh, um, spending your entire adult life with a bunch of fucking children oh, for a helped. living helped? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, being an AFF instructor has helped, you know. <laughs> Uh, being a child myself has helped. Uh, I've got to be fair, though. If I ever see another front verbial, I'm obsessed. Some of our homework shit, they're getting sent home. I'm like, I'm just going to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, fair yeah. enough. It's uh, it's kind of funny that uh, you, you definitely would think that being a skydiver for as long as you've been, you're, you're kind of used to everything from crazy shit to temper tantrums and stuff that just not does, doesn't make sense. Yeah, it was just... Um, I mean, we jumped hard at the beginning of the year, as always. So right. by the time I'd gone home, I had, like, I've done 500 skydives in 2020 by the time I went home. Right. Um, I've never taken, uh, in fact, no, I, I tell a lie, I took four months off when I went to the Falklands in the Air Force. Mm. 
I went to Arizona. I did a two-week um, training camp with some guys I was coaching. I came back to the UK. They literally, I went back, I came back to the UK on the Tuesday. On the Thursday, I was on the freighter because I'd missed the trooper. I went to the, the Falkland Islands um, via Ascension, and I was down there for four months. That's the longest break I'd had in skydiving, hmm. um, and that was since 1988. So for me, you know, four months was a long time, and it happened again last year. Right. Just right. like that, boom. Um, and nothing really opened until mid-July in the UK. Yeah. My drop zone didn't. Decided to just be a little, um, a little more cautious about starting tandems, and I full power to them. Um, just because the proximity, jumping with someone and attaching them to you, they yeah, wanted yeah. to just see how it went for a while. Um, so I nipped up to another drop zone and did some wingsuiting and stuff, and just you know, nice. Took my own precautions, and it was well, good. now they were getting back into it, but now the UK is back in another fucking lockdown. Yeah, isn't since it? Um, oh, since uh, Boxing Day. Um, so we had. Wait, what's another, Boxing Day for Americans? Sorry, man. The day after Christmas Day. Why? Know, Why? Give us a history lesson because I don't. I've heard it. I know what it is, but I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, well, I've, I've heard it, but I can't. I can't put. Is a it just up. that's when you've got all the fucking boxes you got to deal I with guess, from the presents? I guess maybe it is. All right. I guess maybe it is. Um, but Fritz. we had another lockdown, so we we started again in July. So uh, I did about what two hundred and forty jumps, I guess, at the end of the year. So you did almost eight hundred jumps oh, man, in a shit like year. I'm, totally, and that's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, but they had another month in November and the pre-Christmas lockdown. Mm. And, and it feels a little bit, looking at how things are now, that the whole early lockdown was sadly a waste of time because it just the resurgence of it has been so crazy. Sure. Um, but I've got a lot of friends who are full-time skydivers in a country where full-time skydiving is a mission, as yeah. it is. You know? Yeah. Um, doing 400, 500 jumps a year in the UK, you're, you're pushing hard. Um, and so my friends are tandem instructors, AFF instructors, and camera flyers. Yeah, I mean that sucks for them. You know, they're just well, not shit. Working. A bunch of our mutual friends. I, I can think of at least two or three off the top of my head. One that's you know driving delivery between the UK and France, and yeah. and one that's uh, um, building a pimp ass boat. Hey, yeah. Carl. <laughs> Oh man, that guy! That guy's turned into the um, the the DIY of the waterways, isn't right? It? Right, Carl absolutely. Is, uh, yeah, it's so uh, you know. I mean, it's so it's kind of cool in that respect. Um, watching what COVID has done to a bunch of skydivers that can't jump. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool watching how ingenious some of them have gotten, all the way from like the liquid sky guys and and uh, designing and, and putting together and all stuff, the masks yeah. and all that shit, and and a lot of other people followed his lead. So yeah. amazing there, and then all the projects that have come out and artwork Regan yep or Reagan I mean uh, just fucking amazing all this stuff coming out so it's, that's that part of it's been kind of cool I think skydivers are the the sort of people go-getters that are not going to just sit around and allow stuff to swallow them yeah. that's it they're going to get out there uh, and find other stuff to channel their energies into so we've got uh, we got Lindley a good friend of mine that, uh, that I work with who I mean that guy started learning piano last year and dude, he went to a, um, a piano teacher, and she's like, "Oh, you're 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 grade five. Really? So, yeah. And Hannah had taught Lindley. I pretty much think that's how it went. And uh, yeah, he's just he just put hours into his piano, and just amazing skills that have come out of this lockdown. It's a silver lining. And meanwhile, there's so, people like me who have been trying to learn bass guitar for 20 years, and I've got a beautiful guitar that just hangs on the wall and mocks me. Dusty, dusty strings. Yeah, but it's really pretty, but I still can't fucking play it. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I mean, it's it's definitely been a crazy year, and it has been really nice to see the good stuff that's come out of it, and hopefully we're able to take 
the lessons learned and move forward as uh, shit starts to loosen up. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. whatever hope. happens, things start to ease up. Um, for sure. For, for sure. Now, I'm sure uh, um, most of the people listening don't want to hear any more about fucking COVID or any of this bullshit. And I wanted to ask you because I overheard part of a conversation with you. You were talking about a photograph that you were able to sell um, yeah. back in the day for – what even now is still kind of an obscene amount of money for a photograph. So tell me, tell me this story. Well, I've been a photographer for well, pretty much since I started skydiving. I want to put a camera on my head. Mm. I think we talked about this before. I saw the guys with the camera on the head doing more jumps than the guys paying them. So yep. I was like, well, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And um, so years go past. I've been doing a lot of camera work, and I'm with uh, Mike, the sky surf guy. And uh, so Mike Frost and I, yes, I would always shoot stills. Didn't matter how many jumps we did training, I would shoot stills with it. It was mm. just the weight was ridiculous. I used to have like a VX1000 um, digi digital camera with a lump of a 0.5mm lens mm. plus the camera plus a flash gun. I mean, and I was doing 20 jumps a day. I have right. no idea how I'm sitting in front of you with a straight spine. All right. Um, it's probably not. It's probably not <laughs> at all. But... Uh, there was a time, 97, we were out in uh, Titusville and we shot some pictures. Mike had dreads, he used to wear these really cool wraparound shades and and uh, we shot some pictures and I used to shoot on slide. Mm. And um, he got a call from um, from a, a picture library that he used to put some stuff into. And uh, he's like, oh yeah, we've... we've um, We've made it down to the last four for this uh, for this picture, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, which picture is it? He's like, oh, I've sent I sent a bunch in, and it wasn't even me doing this, you know. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, a few weeks come out later, and he's like, right, it's between us and Troy, and I'm like, oh, well, we're screwed, uh, you know, because <laughs> Troy. Troy Hartman was uh, he was at the time X Games champion, and uh, Vic Papadato, and uh, so it would have been Papadato's pictures oh, who you were fighting um, against, yeah. Oh. And so I'm like, well, you know, I knew these guys from only 96 when we'd started in the Pro Tour. Right. And, uh, yeah, and then a couple of weeks later, he phones me all excited. And uh, and he's like, yeah, we've, 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 got, uh, we've got this picture. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, bro. Uh, cool. And he's like, yeah, so I'll... Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him to cut your check. I was like, oh, "All right, cool. What's that for?" And he's like, "Ah, well, your half's twelve thousand pounds." <laughs> and I'm like, "Sorry?" He said, "Yeah, your half's twelve thousand pounds." He said, "Obviously, the picture library take twenty percent. Uh, sorry, fifty percent." He said, "And we split it fifty-fifty. So it went for fifty grand." Jesus Christ, fifty grand. Fifty grand. Now they, it, well, and they ended up using that picture all over the place, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it was for Ralph Lauren Polo Sport. So the, um, the picture was used for in all the. All the chemists, all the all the, the department stores right. and stuff like that. It would as you go in and there's the beauty section and whatever, and, uh, and then there's the the colognes and the and the sprays and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Then it, there it was hanging on the wall, and I went round everywhere, swooping up as many of these things as I could. I still got, like I said, I got somewhere, you know, you just peel them open and you can smell the mm. the fragrance sort of thing. And mm. I was like, well, you're never going to have another chance to get these, so I've got a little file of stuff like that. What was the image? It was, oh, to be fair, Dean, mate, I'd have given it away. It was. Nothing particularly special from my point of view. Sure. Uh, he was doing a sit spin. So okay. he's kind of got the board up against his uh, his butt and the board stretched out. He's kind of pitched back a little bit, laid back. A little bit like that? It. Yeah, kind of like that from above. And because he's got the dreads, they're out and they're flying yeah. and he's spinning and I've just bum, 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 bum and I'm taking the pictures. And, uh, they, and I'm like, mm, okay, I put some way better ones than that in sure and uh and he's like well he said they just really like the power of the isn't that like, funny oh man it, that well that's that's why to this day having a photo a, a picture library is important sure if you put your stuff in a picture library because you do not know what the marketing people want 
Right. We all have a different eye for art and we all have a different eye for photography, especially, you know. Um, and they see stuff that goes with their narrative. But as a photographer, you go, oh, sure. look at this one. It's an amazing exit shot. Sure. And they're like, uh, yeah, it is. Not interested. <laughs> and you're like, but it's, oh, you know. Do you know I, sh uh, I shoot a lot of stills now and it, you still never know what people want. No, for sure. Do you know what uh, what image uh, Vic and Troy had up? No idea. No, we didn't see it. We didn't see any. Uh, I was just so secretly pleased. It's like that little dance, you know. Ooh, we beat Vic and Troy. It wasn't even the money. It was just the fact that, you know, those boys were top end. Yeah. In, like they were number one. We were still tryouts and getting in every time through the oh, tryouts. Wow. So we were working so hard to get in the competition, and then to to do that was that was amazing. Oh fuck yeah! Well, that was yeah. a, that would have been right around the time then that uh, I actually met Vic for the first time, and he ended up working at my job zone in Vegas. Mm. Um, yep, uh, and uh, he was uh, flying camera for uh, a friend of mine named Sammy Popoff. Yeah. Um, who was trying to get big into sky surfing as well and doing pretty good. He uh, was in the 98 Nationals when Mary and I were there as well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, Vic, Vic and I became friends along with all of them. And, and uh, that was shortly after he had just won the X Games. Yeah. So he was the current champion at that time. Unfortunately, he was also the current champion when he passed away. But uh, That's very true. Yeah, yeah, because that was all in a relatively short time frame, all in uh, in that uh, um, late 90s, uh, 96, 98, I think. Uh, 98, yeah. I think, it was when he passed away. 98 or 99. It would have been 98, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, 98, because yeah. 99, we'd started to ease off um, with stuff. And I think Bob, who was filming? I can't remember who filmed um, Troy after that. Um, but, yeah, man, I was super sad. Super yeah. sad that Vic went. Um, yeah. Well, dude, fucking Sky Surfing had kind of a, almost a, feel like felt like a curse oh, to it, man, didn't it? it? Yeah, I got a T-shirt from, and I think we might have touched on this before, I got a T-shirt, it's got a PlayStation T-shirt because that was our sponsor. And right. it was, we had some printed ones done, but we had a very small selection of ones that were embroidered uh, that were really nice with the logos on the arm. And I went round at the X Games in 90, not the X Games, the Pro Tour in 96. I got everyone to sign it. And I mean, everyone that was there at the September 96 Paris Pro Tour, and there was Patrick de Gardon. Yeah. Um, there was uh, Vic and Troy. There was Olaf. There was all the boys are there. And I look at that now. Um, Damien Hurdlicker. Um, I mean, who so was Surflight? Surflight. Because Surflight, he passed away too. Was that? Uh, uh, was that the guy that made the boards? Yes, that yeah. was. The, he went in at the. Um, wow, this is a, let's start, turn this too dark. Uh, he went. He went in at the the Quincy boogie, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why I say it was like there was this Quincy curse because yeah. it was. I think it, the the whole um, thing started with Rob Harris. I mean, yep. who was like yep. OG amazing on the fucking. Yep. And on he, the sadly, session. I never met Rob. I saw his stuff. What a graceful, beautiful, so smooth, flyer. right? Filmed by Joe, who was an incredible, is, is an incredible talent. Yep. When it, him, their synergy was just insane. Yeah. And even if you looked at that now, um, you can just, he was so beautiful the way he flew. Um, effortless. Yeah, one effortless. of the first times I actually ever saw sky surfing, and one of the things that uh, um, hooked me to how cool it was, was uh, Joe and Rob exiting a tailgate over the beach. Yeah. Um, and Joe was doing uh, air-to-ground transmission with that massive fucking white knob on his yep. on his helmet. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, um, funny enough, I'm actually going to have uh, Joe on the show here, I think in the next couple of weeks we're supposed to talk. Um, so I get to ask him all kinds of fucking fun questions, too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was the, the what hooked, as you watch that and he was so smooth yeah. you'd watch rob exit out of a fucking side door cessna didn't matter no, no. 
and he just unfold into this graceful exit. Smooth as can be. The, some of the nicest footage ever for me was, and I can't remember whether it was in one of Joe's movies, maybe it was in The Right Stuff. It was uh, Duke, Patrick Degard on, mm. and, uh, and Rob flying the together. The tandem, yeah, no, together. tandem. Side, side by yeah, side. Side by side. Yeah. Just flying together like two free flyers, but on boards. Yeah. And just carving around each other. And I think, if memory serves, there was a third which would have been Eric Friday, who's, mm. again, top French skydiver yeah. for, you know, for, for years. Um, so I think there was like a three-way sky surf going on. I mean, to get two <laughs> two boards in vicinity like that is hardcore. So three yeah. was just, yeah. And have a cameraman moving in and out. Right, around. doing all of that as well. Yes. well. And speaking of the uh, uh, the tandem sky surf, that was Wendy Smith. That was Wendy Smith, And yeah. who, was, who was the guy? I don't remember. Oh, it was Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. Was it Patrick? Patrick? On. Yeah, on that. Well, Patrick was... Uh, Patrick was such a lovely guy. He was six foot, goddamn tall. Yeah, uh, no, he was six four. Must have been six four, six five. He was, he was a, a giant of a man. Um, well, and Wendy's teeny. And yeah, Wednesday, where Wendy? Bless her, Kiwi Wendy is. Uh, yeah, she's fairly, fairly small uh, in comparison. Everyone is, but there. And they just did that beautiful skydive on. I think it was over Hawaii yep. on that massive board. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. I, yeah. have, I have a funny little side story. Again, sadly, this guy's gone. Um, there's a guy called Chris Gage in the UK. And Chris um, was mainly our competition. And there was a team called Vice Versa and, and Play, PlayStation. And we were always, we were just that little bit ahead. We were just, you know, the way it fell that we would win the competitions. Mm. And uh, Tim Porter and, uh, and Chris just rolled into number two. Uh, and it was a small part of the sport, you know, sky, sky surf. So sure. it wasn't as if there was 50 people in a competition like some of the disciplines. Um, but we were lucky enough to just edge out ahead. And uh, we were super good friends. So I'd sit with Chris and we'd chat. And he was one of the first people, I, he was the first person I ever saw sky surf down in a place called Cornwall out of a little Cessna 206. And mm. I just remember being freaked out by watching this guy on board with a board. And this is right. before I'd met Mike. You know, this is a few years, about four years before I'd met Mike. And uh, we'd started to jump together. And so he told me this story about um, Patrick de Gardon. He's in, he's in Deland. Mm. He goes and sees uh, Patrick. And Patrick's got this carbon fiber board. And because Patrick's so tall, his board is huge. <laughs> right. And, uh, and he's, telling, uh, he's telling Chris how flexible it is and how strong it is. And he kind of puts his foot against it and flexes it against like a chair. Right. And he's like, go on, try it, try it. So Chris goes, yeah, snap. And he takes the end <laughs> off this board. And like, he's horrified because sky surf boards are worth a fortune, you know? Yeah. And this thing's got the end, like end eight inches snapped off of it. And, you know, carbon fibers all. Oh, yeah. You know. So the fibers are everywhere. And he's like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, and Patrick's like, yeah, no problem. I have five. And, uh, and he literally, he gives him the board. But because it's so big, right. Chris has it reshaped for his size board. Awesome. So Chris's board was uh, basically a snapped carbon board from, uh, from Patrick. And sadly, Chris, Chris uh, went in, in, uh, in Europe um, early 99 maybe um wow. uh, 2000 which was super sad because he was such a genuinely wonderful wonderful man to compete against and uh yeah i don't yeah. know what it was True about uh, um about that that sky surfing just seemed to have such a rash uh, of bad luck on yeah, top of everything totally. you know i mean yeah. it uh, um and so many amazing people got into it you know and yeah. a bunch of friends obviously got into it although i've seen a resurgence a lately 
I hadn't seen a board, a picture of a fucking board that wasn't, you know, a, a, an old beat up photograph from years ago until maybe the last two years. And all of a sudden people are starting to jump boards again. Well, Sean McCormick still jumps a board a little bit. Yeah. Michael Sean, because he's talented and, you know, he of can course. turn his hand to anything. But of course. I think Stefan Klaus is still jumps aboard every now and then. Stefan was a super talented guy as well. Uh, I mean, to be fair, everyone everyone that was on the board, I would say was talented. I did a sure. handful of them and, and it wasn't my thing, but... Uh, well, we talked anyway. about this last time around, but uh, I don't know how much detail we got into. What do you think was the the um, the death throes of, of sky surfing? What took it out? Oh, free flying, definitely. Yeah? Without a shadow of a doubt. Free flying is, is just... Uh, it's easily accessible to the masses. You don't sure. have to train a particular way to just go out and have fun with your friends. Sure. And sky surfing, let's be fair, it's a pretty solo sport. Yeah. Well, and I was always of, under the impression that uh, um, McCormick's Invisible Man move kind of was the nail in the coffin because how the fuck do you compete with having to duct tape your arms? No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I think it was just that a little bit more hardcore. It was very niche. Yeah. Um, as same as wingsuit started a little bit niche. You sure. Know, you had those guys that were wearing the weird funky dresses that took them 20 minutes to put on <laughs> before the first, you know, like before they got on a load. All right. You had the guy that was a pain in the ass on the airplane because he had this and six foot stick that he was poking everywhere and it was like oh dude do you mind i can't you know yeah you had to go out first yeah. and um yeah it was just the smaller planes it was a pain and i think it just was more difficult than people sure. wanted to do everyone liked a bit of instant you know and you can go out and sit fly within 10 jumps and be jumping with your mates within 20 jumps if you're yeah fair enough and, fair enough well I you think can learn it in the tunnel Yes, yes, no? absolutely. Well, I think uh, sky surfing and, and uh, um, wingsuiting were, um, got the same reputation because they were both like, uh, when I talked to the guys from Squirrel, I likened it to uh, when snowboards first came on the scene. Yeah. Uh, and all the skiers are like, get that fucking thing off my mountain. You keep mashing down all my moguls, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that analogy still fits pretty well, although obviously now wingsuits have gotten to the point where they're pretty... They're pretty mainstream now, huh? Yeah. Well, they're it's extremely mainstream and, and the the suit designs have come up to a point where you can climb the stairs now. <laughs> yeah, man, I love it. There's nothing. There's there's nothing more fun if you're not in a big group. But there's nothing more fun as you as you move away from uh, a group. It's, it's just pop it up into a flare it's yeah. an amazing feeling i guess akin for a pilot it's just like bringing the nose up till you get that nearly zero airspeed yep. and then you let it wing over and if you if you've got the aircraft that you can do it in then oh yeah that, that feeling that sensation of having no power left you know no 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 air over the wing yeah um yeah and uh like one of the guys i'm jumping with now because we got the comms, and that's that's just the that's the it's absolute amazing. game changer. Um, so we use the little comms, and you know you can you can dive hard together. Make sure you're in uh, in a level flying flying position with each other, and like call the ball when you want to like flatten out. One, two, three, pop, and they're both going up the top of the flare to the point where neither of you have the power for one to go around the top, like on the right. outside of right. the racetrack. So you have to wing over next to each other. You end up on the opposite side now with no airspeed, so you're literally dropping out, and then you're back. And when the power comes back in, like a balloon jump, when you start again with the power, yep. and then and you're just shouting at each other and grinning. And oh, you'd have to be. For me, it's for me the wingsuiting is, uh, you know, that's pretty much my that's my that's my thing. If I'm not if I'm not working. Well, yeah. Well, and and I've seen from a distance. Obviously, the progression of wingsuits has been fucking insane, especially over the last five or six years. Uh, it's yeah. just taken off. Now, I saw and have kind of been following um, this. Uh, have you seen the electric 
mm-hmm. dual fan. The BMW one? Uh, no, there's a BMW no. one. That there's another one that uh, Sky Vibrations, I think, okay. is the name of yeah, it. Yeah, there's a couple of guys in Europe working on it at the same time. And I think one, because of COVID, didn't didn't announce sure. it and didn't bring it out. And the other guys kind of pushed ahead a little bit. And I saw a very, uh, very genuine sort of, well done, very well done, gentlemen. I'm gutted that I didn't show people before right um because uh yeah i think these guys were neck and neck were doing the same sort of thing well the bmw one kind of blew me away you saw it and and i don't know how much power there is to it and obviously knowing those suits have so much power even without the extra thrust you wonder yep. how much of it's just the talent of that wingsuit pilot yep. uh but still oh, definitely. Having, s- the, having the having the power to you can see the the potential yes very much so well yana yana cordia um dutch guy who has been jumping with jets on a normal wingsuit for a while as well uh and there's a beautiful bit of footage where he drops out of a balloon and then it you know he just drops out and then you see him flying away a bit like you do off the guys that are doing the cliffs but then he carries on and carries on and you're like is he actually dropping away and then he just carries (laughs) on and then you can see he's he's ascending a little bit and he just and the guy on the video now the video he's he's having a problem keeping it steady sure. because he's so far away and he's zoomed to maximum digital zoom so it's pixelated and wobbly right. but the guy's still screaming off into the distance so there's a few people working on projects and uh it's, it's super interesting to see and the if you can get the back end to do that sort of thing oh and yeah got the know-how to do it then well how the fuck did they get bmw well, I mean, that's a cool thing to get, right? Right. Yeah, that's someone who's got a, a partner who works somewhere in BMW. I doubt if that was something they just uh, sent a letter in for. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so. Well, the physicality that's got to be involved in flying a wingsuit that way, I mean, because the positions that you're getting into and the, the physical forces on you to climb that suit if you've got yeah, the thrust. Interesting to, yeah, because the suits have got less physical. There's, there's definitely now, it was harder to fly suits 10 years ago where you were the rigid structure. Right. That was it. Um, the wingsuit did inflate, but it inflated, and you or your arms were the, the leading edge. Sure. Now a lot of the suits with the foam inlet, uh, the foam liner on the on the the leading edge, and the the way the suits inflate, you actually feel like you're in a very, very predictable, very smooth, All right. less physical. Um, well, now the drawback to that though is the fact that um, it can be difficult to deflate. Yes. Yeah, that's why, uh, especially with uh, the squirrel stuff, they have the zips in the arms and legs. So when you first get the suit, you can sort of open up the zips, gives you that sort of squishy concertina feeling. So you can fly nicely, but then you can shut down nicely for the pull if that's the way you that's the way you uh, uh, pull. Um, but once you start to master opening techniques and uh, and start to become better with it, uh, then you can zip it up so it stays pressurized. So mm. It's a very clever system of keeping the keeping the wing to your level, your standard. And I think anyone that gets a wingsuit for the first time and goes fully zipped up is either very experienced or hasn't understood what the, what the suit's designed for. Sure. You know, now, so. um, a, a modern pull on a suit like that, if you're keeping it pressurized, is to get that is to climb again. Yes, to flare. Yeah, it's getting yourself so you're at a predictable airspeed. For me, the way I've always done it, uh, I say always done it, since I got a wingsuit-specific canopy, it changed how I deployed on a wingsuit. Okay. So it used to be a big shutdown for me. For like hundreds, well, thousand-plus wingsuit jumps, was, was you'd fly to the end of the flight, track away from your buddies, and I would shut down, you know, chest high, head high, knees together, keeping that lower wing shut. So I would drop off the end of my trajectory and start to fall again and my in my head i'm like well i just want to pitch the pilot shoot in the most normal way possible Mm. that works until you've got something you can't shut down right 
because then you've got a massive squidgy lilo of air around you and staying stable is much harder because you're now, you know, it's unpredictable how much of the wing you've shut down. Mm. And so you then start to get to the point where you have soft shoulders and if you pitch the pilot shoot out and one shoulder's tighter than the other, that's your twists and uh, and there you go and off on a ride. Yeah. Excuse me. <coughs> so um, when I got the wingsuit-specific canopy and I've got a PD Horizon, uh, after the first few openings, I realized that actually this this thing was it was just going to be there mm. every time I pitched out. It was beautiful. And so it allowed me to experiment. And that's where I then really could... All the stuff I'd read from Squirrel, from Matt, which was super good and super technical, I hadn't had the courage to put into practice with a canopy that could spit me off like the Sabre 2, because that's what I was jumping sure. at the time. So I started to fly how I'd read, you know, hmm. um, and I'd read, you know, diving and flattening and flaring and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, this is, this is, I had a couple of fun openings on the Sabre 2, so I'd stopped experimenting. Mm. Because, you know, when you get bitten a couple of times, you're like, whoop, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was close enough. Yeah. Well, so with the wingsuit-specific canopy that just went, do what you want, bro. Sure. <laughs> Carry on, I don't care, I'll just be here for you. So I would get to the top of the flare, and then I'm, I got to the point where I realized that actually the top of the flare is the most pointless place to put a pilot chute out because the pilot chute needs some direction it needs sure. some instruction from the airflow and it wasn't getting any when i've got myself down to nearly zero airspeed right and i found that going up the hill i didn't know how fast i'd been diving didn't mm. know how fast i'd flattened out or how fast i was climbing towards the the low airspeed point because mm. that just is that changes skydive to skydive you know sure so i would I was kind of reluctant to put the pilot chute out on the way up the hill because it could have been 80 mile an hour 60 mile an hour 40 mile an hour you know, and right. you can hear the difference, but it's still impossible to tell without an airspeed indicator sure. what you're actually doing. So the way I've done it is I just get to the top of my flare and I flare hard till it's literally nearly silent and I can feel it's just falling off the top like a roller coaster. Mm. You know, when you roll off the top of the roller coaster and start to see the point you're going towards. Sure. Three seconds and I pull and I get a consistent 45, 48 mile an hour pull over and over 500 in a row literally and it's by experimentation um, 48 mile an hour pull in a sky ridiculous. yeah yeah I mean, and i can see that i can i can dive it to 120 whatever miles an hour flatten it out for a couple of seconds because obviously you can't skip stone and boom, boom, sure that sort of angle and you just then you lift it and it boom, and it just goes quiet when it's at that top you kind of that's your for me that's my benchmark that's my well i know i'm at the, the low, real low airspeed, because I can hear. Right. I can hum and I can hear myself. It's it's, it's, it's there I can, and it's there's no airspeed, no noise. Sure. Then when I start again, one, two, three, pitch. And then I've got a little app on my logbook uh, on my phone and it tells me every time and it shows me the graph. And every time, even if it is wrong with the numbers, it's correct every it's the same every time sure so this is standardization across the board for me for my pull <laughs> but it says so, it says 45 mile an hour so there's so many things in that statement that the old skydiver in me finds horribly wrong oh me too the 45 mile an hour and yep. the app on my phone tells me mm. what, <laughs> and may i just what say it's, i'm not looking at it at the time 
So it's hey, not never, like I've just got my phone out and gone, yep, that's about the right speed. No, man, people use phones at some weird <laughs> well, believe, fucking times. Believe me, I'm sure someone's going to put a phone in their helmet at some point. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Um, for consistency, um, A, having the, the Wingsuit Specific Canopy made all the difference. But for consistency, having that app, it's kind of, it's no different than having the Nike Fit bracelet or whatever. Sure. Sure. It doesn't matter whether it works in Nike points yeah. or calories or yeah. whatever or steps or whatever. If you... You have your own benchmark, even if it doesn't concur with your buddy's different type of Garmin sure. or whatever. So as long as you're getting it's the information. Yeah, yeah. And if you can do the same every time, then it doesn't matter whether it's given it to you in whatever. It's, sure. it's the same every time. Sure. And it's consistency that, that wins out in the end. Now, are you strictly um, uh, strictly skydiving wing sitting or have you taken yeah, no, it base I'm, jumping? I'm, no, I'm a skydiver. That's it. Uh, you know, does it, I mean, the suit's doing what they do now. Does it scratch and, uh, or does it make you yeah, itch guess, a little bit oh, for. Wow, without a shadow of a doubt. If I, when, when wings, well, the first. First one was um, Louis Jean Albert going down the Chamonix, going past the two skiers. Yeah. And when you slowed that down from um, from the was it Salomon? It was um, yeah the French boys. When you slowed it down and you could see the angle of the skiers, yeah. the way that they were dug into the side of the, uh, the the mountain, you could see how steep it was. Yeah. And I looked at that and went, well, I could do that. And then you see the guys getting off of uh, getting off of the mountains and flying away. And then, yeah, and then everyone wants to fly back. And then everyone yeah. wants to fly down. And I got friends who I got some friends that are talented, talented wingsuit flyers. Good honor, man. You know, yeah, it's just not my thing. Yeah, um, no, I am right there I with you. I kind of wish it was in a way because it's fucking cool. Oh, it's, it's fucking cool. I, I watch not, uh, not putting stuff online and showing everyone. No, just doing it. Just Doing it for yourself. Yeah. You know, I've got friends that have base jumped for years. I mean, the old urban base. Yeah. And every now and then they'd get 40, look at this, bro. And I was like, I didn't even know you base jumped, man. Right. Whereas nowadays. Yeah, like, no, it's all out know, there. Everyone wants it immediately when they land. They're like, okay, I just got to upload this. And yeah, like, of course, of you course. Know? No, no, no I mean, yourself. well, and you and I know a lot of the same people and like Nick and Matt are a great uh, 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 indication talent. of yep. incredible talent on the wingsuit, but they're probably only putting online a tenth of oh, the jumps they're actually they doing. because they, they let other stuff, are they let other people put it online because yeah. they don't need to. Yeah, no, they're doing I mean, it for it's themselves. not really their thing. I mean, what do you think of the, the PlayStation 5? Oh, jeez. Um, wingsuit jump right. off, of, uh, talk about off the, of the Burj. Talk about the production value alone with that. So you know you're into yeah. something. Yeah. But seeing them both standing up there as casual as can be, and granted maybe they're holding it in, but you see that video and you're like, they look way too fucking comfortable. Dude, just oh, well, there. I'm sure you'll have the boys back in the can at some point. Oh, yeah. So I won't I won't steal the thunder, but I talked to Nick about it because uh, both those boys for me, I'm just they're just talent. Yeah. And they're absolute characters, and they're just so professional with what they do. The stuff they did flying over the dam and popping over the wall, there's stuff that I just have to applaud them every time I see oh, yeah. that stuff. Um, but, yeah, he gave me a little insight into how it, actually went on and uh and it's a grin man so when you get to speak to him about that yeah it's it's a it's an interesting story the one i did like was the uh was the little um the teaser they put out where the boys are in the tube going up through to the very top yep. without the wingsuits on and they're climbing this the rungs and blah 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 and you just hear matt go right let's get off this fucking perch <laughs> and they literally cut him they like well there we go we'll cut him out just as he gets off um, it was pretty, yeah, that was a hell of a teaser. Intense, right? Well, and I was trying to puzzle all that together, and I'm like, they had to put their wingsuits on mm. up there. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, holy yeah. shit. That's like, uh, 
the way I looked at that when I saw that was like that's like getting out of a submarine like through the torpedo tube yeah. but getting into the torpedo tube to get ready yeah. you know just get all your stuff in there with you it, don't worry there's loads of room and, yeah. uh, and then just kind of like shuffling about to get it on but yeah man the boys were uh, the boys did a good job good on them you I know what I, well. I'll tell you what I keep seeing stuff like that and I keep watching it and I'm like alright there can't be anything left. No, right. There can't be anything next. How do you go further than this? But every time yeah. I've said that ever in the past, of course, I'm proven wrong because yeah. somebody comes up with something next, some next level, some... I never thought wingsuits would be doing the things that they're doing now. It's fucking insane. Right. In a wonderful way. And when way. you see the building that they went under yeah. and flared under, the way it looks from... Um, from the way it was shot, yeah. which I guess was X Dubai, um, shooting shooting all that footage, the building looks pretty big. Yeah. You drive past that building, yeah. it's not that big. And I, I actually looked up under that building and went, oh, is that actually the building? I remember or is watching... there a bigger one? Because yeah. that doesn't look tall enough. It was the same thing. I watched that video and I'm like, that looks dramatically bigger than I know that to be. Yes. Um, yeah. So it was just, I mean, yeah. off the charts. Yeah. Brilliant. Again, like, like yeah. I said, they, I think the the equipment's um, improved dramatically over the years, of course, but so has the ability of the people flying it. Yes. You know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and every time something different, something new happens, not just with wingsuiting. Hell, I was uh, um, talking to Luigi Connie um, not that long ago, and of course, he's taken on the new challenge of flying and uh, potentially landing the 34. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this thing? I uh, I watched it packed up the other day online because James Ball is uh, oh. is filming Luigi, and James is flying a wingsuit. Yeah. Because it's, it's the, the only, only way, way to up. stay it unless you're going to do the record yourself. Uh, James is a talent. He's yeah. a super talented guy. Um, and so, yeah, I saw Luigi flying that tiny little yellow. And they've got sponsorship from... Audi. Audi. So yeah. there you go. All the big car manufacturers. Yeah, the ring's up there. So, guys, if you're looking for some sponsorship, maybe tap up, you know, I don't know, Volkswagen or... Right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, back in the day, you <laughs> were going to any obscure... You're trying to get a lumber company to, anyone, to get you. Anyone, I think yeah. uh, uh, Sammy Popov, when uh, Vic Papadotto was still alive and they were flying together, managed to get sponsorship from Space Pen. Nice. Remember that pen that yeah, you could yeah, write in yeah, any direction? Yeah, yeah. managed to get it from them because they're like, fuck it, it's weird, it's new, whatever. We'll yeah. give it a shot. And sure, we'll sponsor a Skysurf team. What do we care? It's you know $10,000 or whatever. Yeah. But for Audi or BMW, oh, yeah, this is some cutting-edge shit. And they sometimes don't – the big companies don't want to be involved in stuff that could backfire if something – because some um, – don't want to use the word reckless. Some people push the boundaries because sure. of sponsorship. There's sure. no doubt about it. You see people out there and they, you know, they, they do stuff. They go a little closer. They go a little faster. They're a little hotter than they should be because they don't want to disappoint the sure. sponsors and the marketing sure. people. Um, I've got a watch. I'm sponsored by a, a watch company in the UK. Um, and weirdly, the guys used to sponsor us when we were a Skysurf team because the guy that ran it. Had a company called Animal, and Animal started off as a surf wear company where the guy made Velcro straps for people, mm. and they loved them. And he just went in, designed watches, and blah blah blah. <laughs> and they still, all the rest of the business, they I think they sold the Animal business, and they carried on with these beautiful watches. And EB watches, we're going to push them out. Please, there. please. Elliot Brown watches. Um, they just look after me for the wingsuit. You know, they help me out with the wingsuit. It's logoed. It's good. Uh, I fly. I, sadly, as the photographer, I don't get as much of my suit in the pictures sure. um, as um, as I would like to. But then they just don't push. They don't care. They're like, dude, whatever. If you put that up, you do that. That's cool. They're not pushing. I don't feel I have to do something sure. 
maybe a little ridiculous to keep my sponsorship and, and that's to stay rare, on though. Instagram. That's rare. By the way, you can tell them I, I know this great podcast they can sponsor. There you go. If you want. <laughs> and I mean, it's that's the thing, though, right? Is it, it was the um, the Red Bull business model uh, forever to sponsor shit that was um, not necessarily out of control, but definitely pushing that edge. Yep. Um, and I think Red Bull kind of made it okay for companies like BMW or Audi to um, now sponsor stuff that might go pear-shaped. You know, and I, I think it's finally okay to do that as long as they're not going too far. Now, that yeah. being said, um, there we won't mention his name, but there was a sky surfer that both – or not sky surfer, but a wingsuiter that both you and I knew uh, that was competing in sponsored and uh, lost sponsorship because he was being reckless and pushing too hard. Of course, he's not with us anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it's um... – Great guy, line, right? but uh, I was actually really impressed to find out that his sponsorship politely backed away um, because I was hoping, as I'm sure a lot of people were, maybe this will slow things down because yeah. it's, you know. Well, it's spon sponsorship's hard won and easily lost. Yeah. And that's, whether it's easily lost by pushing too hard and then saying, dude, actually, you're not going in a direction we want, or whether you're not putting out content that they want. Sure. And so... As a skydiver, it's kind of difficult to know what they want. Sure. And it's difficult to know if you're doing enough. And I guess some people have got sponsors where they're like, well, I just throw content out and I'm, I'm good. And they sure. you know, they just think it doesn't matter. Um, but if you care about your sponsor, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street. You know, sure. You want to give good content. And so you want to push. Who thought so. that content would be the currency <laughs> of our age, right? Yeah, well, you know, you take influencers with half a million or a million or 12 million followers and suddenly they're important people, right? So oh, uh, God, I was talking about that not that long ago and it's kind of funny too as I sit here with you in a podcast studio putting out a podcast for people to which listen is content. to. content, yeah, exactly. Yeah, clearly I'm making content and yeah. I run, you know, uh, Instagram and Facebook pages and all that shit for this and other stuff and I've been writing for the magazine so my whole life's been about content. Content it as is, well. but your content's not paying you 150, 200, 500,000 no, a month. You no, know? no, and it's that's, not. That's the difference. Can I we took, fix that? I took a guy for a tandem. <laughs> I took a guy for a tandem. Uh, lovely little lad. And I said, what do you do? Because I ask, you know, I try to get involved with all my students. Sure. Uh, and I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, oh, I'm a YouTuber. And I'm like, well, okay, there's something your careers officer didn't tell you was an option. All right. I'm like, so well, what do you do? He said, well, I edit and I've got my own channel. And I make about 4000 a month off my own channel. I'm like, well, that's pretty good, man. You know, you don't yeah. really have to do a lot. If you're getting four grand a month, you know, that's that's a good good basic income, right? Yeah. Can't knock that. And he went, yeah, but I I, uh, I edit stuff for a guy. Um, and he's this YouTuber, blah, blah, blah. I won't name him. doesn't matter who it is. But he's on like 350000 minimum a month. Jesus and I went, Christ. okay, that's cool. He said, and he pays, me, he pays me a grand a day for about an hour's work to edit for him. <laughs> Like, I'm doing the subs and I'm like, you're on 35 grand a month, bro, for yeah. literally an hour's work a day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's crazy. Long job. Well, I mean, there's a there's a couple of the influencer crazes that crack me up. First off is the the um, I mean, I suppose it's age old. Uh, all the hot chicks. It's Instagram pages with nothing but asses yeah. or side boob or this or yeah, that. Yeah. Okay, I, even though whatever, mm -hmm. I I suppose I can understand that. But there's the one kid um, that just does unboxing of presents. Yep. And he's making like eight million dollars a month. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that one. He bought out a Nerf gun. There was a Nerf gun. Uh, I was looking. At a Nerf gun because of, because of uh, my uh, my fiance's kid and I was like oh let's 
stuck at the Nerf gun thing, and that guy came up on YouTube because I like to do a little research. I'm of an age where I like to research. So, sure. Um, I've, gone, I've gone past the point where I just go out and splash a load of cash and go, well, that was shit. Right. Uh, so I did a bit of research, and I watched one of these guys, and he's such a cute kid. He's just like, yeah, and he takes his stuff out, and then I saw how much he was making. It's insane. Damn. It's insane. Um, you know, all his parents were thinking is, please don't fucking grow up. Don't, yeah. don't look any older than you are right yeah. now. We are cashing in. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. And I think uh, for as positive as it can be in some of those respects, it's also just as negative in the Instagram world or the Facebook world for um, the sport of skydiving and base jumping because it pushes no names way too fucking hard to do stupid shit to become an influencer. That's the crazy stuff. That's where um, you shake your head and you see some of the videos that come out of, especially when terrain flying was super, super popular. And you're watching this going, no, that guy is not that skilled. He just almost died there and got away with it. I definitely know a few people that that wingsuit base that I would be sketchy about having in a five-way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and that's, that's, that's me personally. Maybe I've, Maybe I'm a little harsh with my standard of five-way, but I'm also looking at people going, dude, like, wow. Yeah, you know. And you're telling me you do this and you do that. And um, like, that's you. How do I put this? Again, I've got a lot of wingsuit jumps or a fair amount of wingsuit jumps. And so a fair amount of knowledge and experience in wingsuiting. And by far, I am nowhere near the top of wingsuiting. Sure. You know, I, I fly with guys that are and, and I'm on a learning curve and I love it. However, when I flow with other people, I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm definitely, I can help you out here. Sure. Um, and yet they're like, oh yeah, I wingsuit, no wingsuit base, and I do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Shit, dude. I'm like, not going to teach first you thing, Yeah, the first thing I'd do to help you out is maybe say, back off from wingsuit base because right. you are nowhere near talented enough. That's um, the thing, man. I mean, I... I but they uh, get away with it. And that's the thing, right? You get away with something long enough. Either you, you think that's how it is. Either you develop the experience and the talent or you're mentored by someone sure. and you get through the the game the level sure. until you get to the next level or you don't and well, then uh, and that's uh, that's sadly and well, uh, i mean in the world of base jumping and skydiving the community that is well known in wingsuiting and stuff like that is a relatively small community in skydiving so the people that everybody knows are very few. And then yes. there's then there's a slightly bigger group a bigger that, pe- yep. that people in that area kind of know, and it kind of dispels from there. But the people that the mainstream, people that don't skydive know, are like one or two people. Yeah, like Espen's one of the um, you know most well-known wingsuiters in the world if you're in the sport. Yes. Uh, and he's known even, even if you're not a base jumper or a wingsuiter just because he's so prolific and yes. does puts out such amazing stuff. But if you're not a skydiver, you have no fucking clue no. who Espen is. You know, maybe you saw an ad that he did or, or this or that or the other thing, but you have no idea who he the is or what that's the about. The name doesn't mean anything to you. And exactly. That's, but that's the, same. that's the same with everyone. You look at the people in our sport that for me I've idolized over the years and other people have come up through and everyone has a mentor or someone that they idolize in the sport and you look at someone let's say um, Craig O'Brien amazing sure. photographer Absolutely. videographer and, and done loads of stuff um, Norman Kent of, he is, yeah. he is yeah. at the end of the day he is the videographer for me you know, I had his posters on my wall sure. when I was like 18, 19 years old. I had all the Wings Came Flight videos. God, sure. I can still sing the song, but I won't. <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> and, but in the sport, 
That's it. Yeah. Outside of the sport, yes, I'm sure he's known very much because he's such a cinematographer. Sure. But actually, it's no Steven Spielberg as in a name. Sure. You know, you only uh, you can name so many different movie directors, whereas this guy is the peak of talent in our sport. Yeah. In our small little bubble, he is the, you know, he's the, the epitome of what you would expect. Sure. Um, and all of those big photographers, all of those guys that would jump in the big camera, and he's still going, but all those guys that would jump in the big cameras. Oh, McGowan um, and that oh, whole crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike McGowan, fantastic photographer as well. Yeah. Um, and yet, outside of the sport, it's just such a small niche yeah. thing to do. Which um, is what kills me about the guys that are going balls out without the experience and, and without all that to try and climb to the top of a pyramid. Which is tiny. For likes. <laughs> yeah. In a world, yes. exactly. You yeah. know, come yeah. on. I mean, I get it. I understand yeah. the allure of it, but it just um, a lot of the serious accidents and fatalities happen because guys are pushing so hard for a couple extra fucking likes on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't die for popularity, guys. It's, no, uh, it's hell no. No, and at the end of the day, it's, I mean, everything that I've ever done that I thought was absolutely badass, I look back on it and go, well, it was fun. That's my marker is not was it badass, yeah. it, was it fun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I, and I, I see that continuing, although, um, especially talking to guys like Nick and Matt, the proximities, and Espen as well, the proximity stuff is not nearly not what it was. No. Um, people are still getting close, but they're getting close in areas where... it's been done. Well, it's know? been done. And, and, and also, there was a few bad summers. Yeah. And Ooh, when I say than, bad yeah. summers, they were really ridiculously bad. bad. Yeah. Um, well, we yeah. lost, and both so, you and I lost well, quite a few friends yeah. in mo in those summers. And, yeah. yeah and, it's, it's, uh, and I think people now, I mean, when you, I mean, uh, look at Matt and Nick especially, and they're doing some cool stuff. I love their acro stuff. Um, right. You know, still, I have to watch it. I have to watch that from behind the couch, looking through my fingers, at the, like peeking through between the crack of my fingers, because right. still some of that is just like, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but there's been some... Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's been some ins insane stuff which isn't as close as it used to be. Right. Well, um, they're, they're pulling away from, uh, or they're if they're flying terrain, they're flying terrain where the easiest uh, way to go is away from the terrain, yeah. uh, and they're pulling away far enough to now do the acrobatic stuff, which is, yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. me. Yeah, it's it's beautiful, huh? it, well, you're literally watching um, something the Blue Angels would be doing, but it's your buddies in wingsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you something which is mind blowing. And it's there's been a lot of little fads in the sport over the years. We've all seen it. It went from digital, which wasn't a fad, but it, it was a it was a technical marvel at the time. Sure. Uh, and everything got smaller, and everything got a little bit um, higher quality. And then we went to uh, there was a short spate of 3D. Yeah. You know, there was the twin GoPro mounts. Yeah. People were throwing 3D out there, which I never, thank God, went down that path because i just couldn't see it lasting that long right um and now the drone footage holy shit. insane I'm right watching some of the drone footage with the wingsuit flying which is they're being chased and at first like how like okay it's going so fast they're going so fast how can that drone be keeping up the little racing drones are so good yeah and then there was a shot of a guy where the drone kind of pulled up next to him and as he flared up to pull, the drone flipped around the front of him and stopped. Yeah, I and saw that. And as he opened, it just fell into frame. And I watched this. I must have watched it 30 times yep. trying to work out. And I'm like, well, I've flown drones and they're good fun. But that, the footage of the guy must be wearing the, the goggles and yeah. stuff. And they have to put in the view of goggles. And um, 
And yeah, the way he flies next to him, watches him flare, pulls around the front and just hovers up. Yep. And the guy canopy just drops yeah. open. Yeah. I'm like, wow. I saw that exact those same video. Seconds, those few seconds of footage, mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. But the same as the same as the 3D, same as all the other stuff. Um, too much of it. And yeah. If, it cut, it, it's, if it's cut in nicely with other stuff, it's... Beautiful, and that's where Matt and Nick, with obviously the the bush jump, was um, you know the drone that was on sure. that was just insane. Yeah, absolutely. Was, but it's cutting with ground footage. It's shot with static cameras. It's you know, and then well, it's a nice addition that, to exactly. a full production. Yeah, it's, it's, like it's a, yeah, it's as like a standalone. There's not yeah. too many. Now that one video you were talking about, where he ends up saddling out right in front of the drone, mm-hmm. literally my first and only thought was that guy trusts the drone pilot a whole fucking lot. Yeah, absolutely. Although to be fair, I think I mean having had a drone and having touched the prop as it's going and stuff. I mean they, they you know, they still of, yeah, yeah. I mean if you hit it, the drone pilot's going to be out of pocket more than you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still uh, so impressive to watch that stuff and and to be able to tie all that together is yeah, is pretty so. incredible. I just actually saw a really really cool jump and I'm not sure where it was or actually even the people that were doing the jumping, but it was a wingsuit formation with what looked like a pits. Uh, circling him. That's a Red Bull team, I believe. It's the um, is was, the guys jumping with a porter. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, oh. like a pits special. Oh, uh, okay. So an aerobatic aircraft, right. and they're yeah. flying straight yeah. in a formation, and, and he's just looping, blowing smoke the entire time. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, well, the one that the Red Bull guys uh, flying with the porter. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the guy just flying around. Sure. Well, and I mean, Vince and Fred were were key in, in uh, all yeah, that stuff yeah, going yeah. that Proximity direction. Proximity flying with aircraft and stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. I still watch and, and uh, rest his soul, man, watch a lot of the stuff that Vince has done. And obviously oh, a man. bunch of it's come out now. Of I course, saw Fred's yeah. jumping again, which is wonderful to see. But uh, That's hard for him, man. It's just, I, my heart went out to Fred. Um, yeah. Because you know I've known them boys since. Well, I did the the um, 2007. I guess it would have been Euro record. They were part of Babylon. They yeah. were the main you know the guys. Oh, I don't think and pushing um, back then. And uh, those guys have been together forever. So I just can't even imagine it. It's hard to even. No, no, you know, no. I mean, even uh, all the all the photos that came out uh, after the fact, and and I don't think I've ever seen two people as completely no. linked in yeah, as they were. The synergy awesome. was incredible. Yeah, that stuff they did past the the. Um, and we're talking flaring on wingsuits again, but the one past, past the, the lighthouse. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sat there and I'm I'm watching that and I'm like, oh god, god, I hope more angles come out about this because I just love I love the flaring and I've yeah. always you know just like when you see someone else do it when uh, or you do it and there's a tandem in the distance and you know that they're watching and you're going up and yeah. it's, just, it's oh, yeah. amazing. But to see it. From a ground perspective, there's always, and we've always called it relative work because we're relative to each other and not relative to the ground. And most people don't realize you're falling until you see someone else or a cloud and blah, blah, blah. But when you see someone flare and there's something static on the ground, whoosh, I watch that and I'm like, you boys are insanely good. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the joy afterwards, oh my God, that's why it's so heartbreaking, is when you see them afterwards when they land and you just don't get that smile, right? And they're just... Well, I mean, uh, um, this it was the same reaction after their burrs jump. Yes. Um, yeah. Same, same thing. And you could see that level of joy in almost 
every bit of it, yeah. which was absolutely amazing to see. Um, but it's it's great to go back and see some of these old, the old footage that's just, especially from the way back, but to see that progression as well with yeah. that level of talent. I can still, I can still watch that uh, that interview they did in the States. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. The Conan O'Brien one? Oh, Dude, he made me laugh so fucking hard. Brilliant. Absolutely. <laughs> Eloquent, beautiful, the most amazing French-English accent. Yes. So he speaks English with the most amazing accent. Yeah. And when he talked about the, the fact, he's like, is that legal? And he's like, next question. <laughs> Man, I just crack up every time I see that. It's it's such a typical skydiver thing, but he's, yeah. Well, it was almost like a comedy uh, uh, a comedy team because Fred was very oh, much Fred's, the straight man yeah, to Vince's. Man. Oh, yeah. it was and fucking I've not hilarious. seen them like that as well because Fred's like, uh, well, they've, and they've said it in a couple of different interviews. He's like, uh, Fred and I, you know, we were blah, blah, blah. He goes, we're not together. <laughs> he's not my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> He's, you know, they were man, probably brilliant. both damn happy to uh, uh, end up getting married just so that they could stop yeah, those exactly. rumors. No, we're yeah. not fucking dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he team. he was uh, he was spectacular in that for sure, and just a, yeah. a, a super gregarious, happy guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know how many times I was lucky enough to sit down and talk to him and, and uh, watched him jump in snow skis with boots and all, and you're like, dude, yeah. what the. <laughs> And I mean, not just the skydiving stuff, but look what he did with the mutant and stuff like sure. that. I mean, to help with the progression of equipment, because sure. that's very something very rare. Yeah, very rare that um, in skydiving and in wingsuiting and, and whatever. Yeah, you get these little, and it is about a build-up of small advancements that make sure the, you know. Same in aircraft, same in cars, same in any technology. But when I mean, the parachute harness container, since the reserve from the front went to the back, mm. and since they kind of got rid of Velcro and went towards maybe, you know, more enclosed containers and tuck tabs, and maybe then towards, for some equipment, magnets. Sure. There's been some great advancements. Yeah. Um, but they're, and I've been they're rigging, tweaks. I've been ringing, rigging, sorry, um, since about 95. So, you know, I've kept up with all this stuff. and But it isn't major no, advancements. It's you know, it's still... It's a piggyback system, yeah. and that's it. Um, it's just a little safer and a little more comfortable and a little more ergonomic for the speeds we're flying. Sure. And then you get this guy who's pretty much turned, oh, yeah. it, turned it into a mountain-soaring harness container system for skydiving. Yeah. And that's a massive change. Absolutely. You know, that's a massive change. We've been watching um, Mario Fatorusmo. Mm, yeah. He's been flying. And Has he been flying a mutant? Yeah, they're both um, both uh, the Italian guys have Fatruso been training. Fatruso, bro. Fatruso, yeah, yeah, I had them uh, in here with nice. Pablo Hernandez I, in I here. Listen, and Brian Vasher. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Vash um, and his motorbike project. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched those guys training, and yeah, man, he just he jumps that mutant now as his daily jumping rig. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. It's like oh, something yeah. that was. Very, and it is very specialized, and there's not that many people jumping them. The people like Pete Allen and and the Fatruso guys, they're just. It's just for them. It's like, yeah, it's what you do. Yeah, but yeah. it's such a such a technical bit of kit for me from my engineering oh, side. For sure. I'm like, oh, look at me. And when they like, let's have a look at this. Let's pull it apart. Let's see how it is designed and how sure. it's put together. Well, and, that's the first um, big change I've seen in a container system in quite some time. Well, the that's exactly it. It's canopies just, are are quite different. Obviously, the the uh, change in technology in regard to the wings we fly has yep. changed pretty substantially in the time that I've been in the sport. You know, because when I started jumping, a stiletto was the most badass fucking insane canopy you could fly. And people were frapping in on bat wings. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) You know, back in the day. So that was still softer than the openings. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, so uh, a lot of changes that direction. But you're right. It's really cool to see um, jumpers be able to put in these little 
um, suggestions well, that was Vince. and hints. That, that and, was Vince. Yeah, with the mutant harness. You know, fucking amazing. He was he was working on that. And, uh, you see any other so, uh, uh, any other daydream crazy projects changing in the near future? Got any predictions? Uh, like I say, it's 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 all those it's the little things that that grow and make things safer and more comfortable and sure. and and, um, and better for everybody. But I mean, where, where'd, yeah. you, where'd you go? It's like you say, like when you think it can't go any further, suddenly something changes that you yeah. go, well, that really took me from uh, that was out of left field I didn't sure. see that coming sure well, and I don't it, think there's been that many real enhancements in wingsuiting if I'm honest you know you look at wingsuits since um, so I, I jumped with uh, Stefan Zunino the mm. other day um, and they call him uh, Papa Zun like these are these are the father of wingsuit flying and yeah. I jumped with him a few years ago 2018 at um, a world record attempt in Florida and I was chatting to him about because I started in '99 on the wingsuits, and I said, "When, when did you start with the wingsuits to Zuni?" He's like, "Oh, I think '95." <laughs> I'm like, "Holy shit! <laughs> wow, that's ridiculous!" You know, that's way before. Yeah. Um, and he still, I flew with him. Yeah, the other day, took some pics for him, and no, great. Um, which was absolutely so proud to be jumping with him. I took some photographs of uh, him and a young lady called Sarah, and, uh, and shot some stills for him. Oh, I mean, um, I think that's what makes our sport kind of the Rolling Stone. Uh, Rolling Stones of sport. Yeah. We just fucking keep. I mean, the the guys that were cutting edge when I was starting are still jumping their asses. Some of the off. guys, yeah. It's the Rolling fucking Stones, so man. They just keep going it's, and going it's, and going. It's I'm awesome. Coming up to August. August will be thirty three years for me, and I have no, I have no, uh, no idea when it's, you know, when I'm going to slow down. But yep. I'll tell you what, I'm going faster now than I ever did. Yeah. Oh I'm yeah. Going harder now than I ever did. You know. I mean, I'm so. just a lazy fun jumper now, but fuck, I hit my twenty five year on February twenty second. There you go. Which is insane. I expect to see you at the drop zone. Oh, so. you're damn right. You're Fantastic. damn right. Yeah. I mean, I just traded wings for ones with engines but uh, yeah, yeah. you know i still i still jump although i've not done much jumping since everest because i stopped jumping before everest because yeah, I, I knew yeah. damn well if you're gonna fuck yourself oh, yeah, up absolutely. it's gonna be on a, on a hop and pop a massive project coming up oh, yeah. That, yeah that's just law. everybody was like dude you were jumping all the time how come you're not yeah, jumping i'm yeah. like because i'm going to everest next month and i know i will yeah. fucking twist and an it, ankle it was, i know i remember it was for you it was a long training long training uh, regime to get to that point yeah man just don't want to do anything to jeopardize that. No, no. Well, and I need um, to jump now because I'm supposed to go back to Everest this year right. as long as we get of through course. everything. Yeah. So in this this time, I'm supposed to be writing an article about one of the jumpers and and uh, um, enjoy the whole thing. So fuck nice. We'll see. We'll see. Nice. So uh, as we wrap up, any predictions about 2021? Oh, man. Let's just hope that um, those that want to get vaccinated get it done. Yeah. Let's, um, let's hope that... Uh, Let's hope things ease off, man, and that, that uh, not just our sport, but everything can get back to a little bit sure, more normality. Because sure. there's a lot of people out there hurting. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I asked. Uh, I asked Katie Hansen, um, wingsuiter, badass, extraordinaire, rock star, who also happens to be frontline medical in the states. Um, she got the uh, um, the vaccination, and and you'd see her bantering online. Uh, her and her husband uh, um, were very outspoken about uh, what was going on because she was in New York yeah. uh, when New York was like yeah. really really bad, yeah. and her husband was walking around New York while all that was going on. And so you're getting me. oh yeah, and you're getting all these amazing stories from these two. And and uh, so when she finally got the vaccination, I'm also is it everything they said now that Bill is in control? <laughs> You know, because clearly uh, Bill Gates is now in control of you. You took his yeah. vaccine. He's chipped you. So, and she thought that was funny. So, yeah, yeah I, I hope it's that... funny stuff out there about the, the old vaccine and oh, stuff. And dude, and whatever. Like, you know, yeah. People are going to believe what they're going to believe. I'm yeah. getting the goddamn shot. Yeah, I'll get it when it's uh, when it's available, man, because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's, yeah. um, you know, 
I've got an eighty-year-old, eighty-year-old uh, parent, and uh, yeah, it's well, about them. It's about making that person down the the, the store feel safe when they're walking sure. around because you're wearing a mask and you've had a vaccine. Yeah. and I'm not doing it for absolutely. Me, so. Yeah, no, no, I'm right there with you, and hopefully uh, um, things start to continue to turn around because they have turned around in quite a few places, and hopefully we're back to normal and jumping and flying like crazy yes, and so. climbing mountains. Forty. Again, man, thank you so much. It's good been good. Out, we'll uh, we'll get you back here uh, after we've had a year of jumping our asses off, and Let's you can it. tell me what you've been up to. Happy days. All right, Take brother. See ya. All right, there you have it. Another episode in the can, as always, brought to you by the greatest magazine in the known universe, Blue Skies Magazine. Head to blueskiesmag.com where you can subscribe to the magazine. You can check out all their cool swag. Also, by pussfoot.com, the extreme sports collective. Type it in. Check it out. Brought to you by Summit Parachute Systems, Jarrett Martin, making badass pilot rigs and giving rigging courses. Summit Parachute Systems. Check it out. And as for me, I am the fucking pilot. You can find me at thefuckingpilot.net or theprincesspilot.com goes to the same place. Uh, There you can get links to all the podcasts as well as both the books. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.